0: Welcome, everybody. This is Who My Podcast, and today, for the first time, I have a guest to interview on the show. Her name is Reverend, Reverend Alicia Pitts, and it's my honor to interview her. Um, she is an author of several books. Uh, you can find them on Amazon. That's where I found them. And her homepage Please, is right. aliciapitts.com. Um, you are a police chaplain in new jersey yes and they also saw something on your homepage about being an adjunct professor is that still current
1: no that is not still current
0: all right but what i did i'm sorry oh me too uh so what uh takes up most of your time these days
1: well working um work writing my working on my fourth book currently and in between that preaching singing and playing so pretty much my time i have to really be disciplined in taking advantage of downtime that i have
0: and what entails uh, playing, oh, playing I'm entail? oh i'm a keyboardist i'm a keyboardist right. yes i saw and something I... about musician yeah yeah
1: <laughs> I'm a keyboardist and a drummer, but my love is for the keyboard. When people call me to different services, I mean, I've played for funerals, weddings, church services, conferences, they, I'm um, normally being asked to play the keyboard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Music can have a lot of influence when you're um, preaching or just trying to connect in general, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Um, even when I um, most recently, I've been going around speaking at Rotary clubs. And so this one particular club that I went to, I opened up with a song. So needless to say, when I opened up with the song, number one, I got their attention. And basically, they were focused on what I had to say afterwards, because the song that I sung coincided with the presentation that I had presented.
0: Yeah, it can set the mood to make people more ready yes. for what you have to say. That's great. So do yes. you go around a lot, uh, preaching and speaking? Like, what's what radius are we talking?
1: All over. Um, as far as Virginia, my desire is eventually to come off my full-time job and just do a speaking tour, my desire, and I believe I'll be doing that between one to three years.
0: Wow, yeah. Um, what what keeps you going? What What inspires you to do this kind of work?
1: God-inspired. Simply God-inspired. He gives me an unction or he gives me direction there's a scripture that says you will hear this still small voice say, this is the way walk in it. So I always listen to that still small voice and that's how I'm able to do what I do. Many people ask me, how are you doing all these things that you're doing? And my response to them is simply, I'm just being obedient to what God has given me. And a lot of times we try to pattern ourselves after other people, but the truth of the matter is God don't want you to be like someone else. You, you have to be uniquely It may seem quirky to you. It may seem kind of off to you, but that could be the thing that will set you apart from the masses.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's natural for people to uh, emulate someone else, but mm-hmm. they can only be really happy and have a purpose in their own life once they realize uh, what makes them them, like how they can yes. be their own person. Um, What kind of path have you gone to build this identity and this purpose in your life? What led up to this?
1: Really? Self-acceptance is a big one. Mm -hmm. Self-acceptance as a child, I never really kind of fit in. I was just always different no matter how much I tried to fit in. And it came to a point, maybe like my early twenties, that I really began to accept who Alicia was. And not only accept who I was, like who I was, and loved who I was. And so I made a resolve that anybody that comes in my life, you're either gonna accept me for all of me, or you're not gonna accept me at all. Mm -hmm. And if you don't accept me at all, then I'm okay with that. And so that's what made me begin to go down this path, because a lot of times, and I say it all the time, a lot of times we try to be heroes to other people when we ourselves need to be saved. And so if we work on us and build ourselves up, build up our character, build up our integrity, then we can in turn reach out to the community. Then we can in turn uh, touch other people, but it begins with us first, you know? And a lot of times we look for people to make us happy when the happiness starts in you first
0: as you know this show is all about personal identity um it's it's good to look for examples um Mm -hmm. out there of of the kinds of personality you want for yourself the kinds of uh things you want to keep you busy um it it must be really nice to have that guidance how much of your um path do you choose for yourself you said there is a still small voice that guides you but but does it take any um like difficult decision making on your own part?
1: Well, and I have to keep going back to this William because I'm a Christian okay <laughs> <laughs> so with me being a Christian, my relationship with God is what helps me to make those hard decisions. There is a scripture in the Bible that says if you if you acknowledge God in everything that you do, he will direct your path. And so that's what helps me to make those hard decisions. When I come in contact with the hard decision, I begin to inquire of God as to what I need to do. And besides praying, I also look at scripture as well. And that's what helps me in my hard decision-making. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: can you give us an example of, of what it's like to feel that that spirit, that voice? Um, because I, I think this is what a lot of people would like more of in their life, but they don't quite know how to.
1: Well, I think it's one thing that you have, have to do, you almost kind of got to like quiet your spirit now, kind of like shut out all the outside noise. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, and I'm guilty of it. You know, we'll get in the car. First thing most people do, they turn on the radio. <laughs> you right. know, it's mm-hmm. it's almost like people are, are uncomfortable with it just being quiet. Right. And so sometimes you just kind of, in a sense, you have to just steal away. And sometimes it's not all about much talking, but just meditation, meditation. The scripture talks about that a lot. And so just get into a quiet place, kind of like quieting your spirit. And then for my process, I, you know, I'll pray to God and then I'll listen. Cause a lot of times people will kind of like get what they need to get off their chest, but they never wait for God to say anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They never wait for God to say anything. And I always say, think about, that's just like me and you, we are having this discourse. And if I'm constantly talking, right. And I'm not giving you a chance to intercept. You're going to be feeling some kind of way about it. Like in a sense that you may feel as though, oh, she's trying to make this all about her and that she doesn't, she doesn't take into account or she doesn't really care about what I think or say. And so it's the same way when we, when we become come before God, yes, you can say what you need to say, but then you need to wait to see if he will say anything to you. And and that's my process. And a lot of times for me, and I only can talk about my own experience, God deals with me a lot in dreams. So there are times when I, like, for instance, if I come in contact with people and maybe they really want to try to get a connection in my life, I'll pray and I'll say, God, if this person is not for me, you show me or you tell me that's, and that's the most simplistic prayer that I pray. And. If he don't show me anything, then I know this individual is good. But if he does, then I know I need to take heed to that warning.
0: Wow, yeah, that, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I personally believe myself that, that that kind of communication is possible. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just uh, special when it does happen. So it's for me, it's not yes. an, an everyday occurrence.
1: No, no, it's not an every everyday occurrence. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've only heard God speak to me once audibly. Oh, wow. Okay. And it basically just called my name. And I'll share this quick story. Mm -hmm. I had just started working at a job. Matter of fact, I had just got hired. And I thought I had set my alarm or whatever, but I heard... I heard someone call my name and I know I know it was nobody but the Lord because God because I was the only one in the ha- in the house and he said my name just clear as day Alicia and I woke up and I said and I called my mom I said mom I said God didn't want me to be late to work today cuz I sure would have overslept because I thought I had set the alarm clock the alarm never went off but I heard my name being called as clear as day no no one in the house and, um, that was my audible, my audible experience. And and then, like I said, the other times it's either he speaks to me, to me through his, through the scripture, the Bible, or he'll, he'll give me an unction. He'll give me something in my spirit to say, this is, this is the way that you need to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I heard it said once that if you want to reach God, pray, if you want him to speak to you, read in the scriptures.
1: Yes yes
0: so those are some of the common channels that we have
1: yes yes
0: um let's see can you give us some examples of your service in the local community uh whether it's in uh, in prisons or um, through church uh, what kind of uh, groups can you go to to have a, a an impact on people
1: well um as I said earlier, I work with the police department as a, I am the first Afro-American female police chaplain for the Millville Police Department. Now, if you know anything about Millville, New Jersey, they were known for Ku Klux Klan meetings and rallies and different things of that nature. That's number one. But one of my services to the police officers, I go to their police briefings I do ride-alongs also. Hmm. And basically what I do is I'm just there to avail myself to them. I'm not there to push religion on them. I'm not there to convert them in any kind of way. I'm just simply there making myself available. We have a terminology in chaplaincy that's called ministry of presence. Sometimes saying nothing means everything. Mm -hmm. Just you being there. It's kind of like sometimes you can, you know, when you want to go talk to someone, sometimes you're not, you don't, you don't want any advice. You just want someone to listen to you. And, um, God gave me this message and he said, many people listen to respond than listening to understand. Mm -hmm. And the example that I always give is if me and you are talking And say, for instance, in the middle of my thought process, as I'm conveying it to you, you may, you may interrupt me and say, oh yeah, like such and such. And I may say to you, wait a minute, that's not what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. And so when we really listen to understand, then we're able to give the proper response. Like I tell people, if if I'm talking to you and you're in your mind already trying to conjure up what you're going to come back to me with, then you're really not listening to understand. Mm-hmm. You're listening to respond. And so if I really listen to understand, then I'm able to give you the proper response. As a matter of fact, if I'm really listening to understand what you tell me, I can use that information to help serve you.
0: Yeah, that's true. If if I am a bit distracted and not properly listening to you right now, it's mainly because of the technical stuff around me, um, <laughs> not being as reliable as I had hoped. Um, no, but I'm, I'm having fun in, in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, another title I found of you on your homepage is a psalmist. Now, what does yes. that mean?
1: Just a singer. It's, it's okay. th- that terminology is really used like in churches. But really... Um, one of the singers that I really uh, admire, she works with the uh, Gospel Music Workshop of America. There was a uh, Reverend James Cleveland who was known, very known for uh, gospel music. He was a a, he was a pianist. And um, so this Gospel Music Workshop of America, it is a big organization. All different kind of gospel groups come together. Uh, they have conventions and different things of this nature. And one day she said to me, you are a true psalmist. And she said, what I mean by that is you make a song your own. So even if I sing someone else's song, I don't have to sing it exactly how this person presented it or how they sung it. I make it my own. And that's yeah. what a true Psalmist is, is making that song their own They They're owning it. You know, they add their own uniqueness yeah, character to it.
0: Yeah. You interpret it to express what you feel yourself, right?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, that that's a good, uh, um, point for not just music, but also literature. So yes. how do you uh, manage to interpret say the Bible? Uh, since it can be pretty confusing and different people have pretty different interpretations. How do you get from it, that inspiration that you were mentioning?
1: Well, again, I I have to go scripture and I'm I'm glad you allow me to do this because what I tell people, yes, Alicia is human. Yes, Alicia is a reverend, but you also have to remember Alicia is a Christian. So that is a part of who I am i re- let me share this before I answer your question. Sure. There was a friend of mine and she said uh, she wanted to talk to me. She said that I don't want to talk to the pastor. I want to talk to Alicia, right? <laughs> and so I broke that down to her and said, "Well, you got to remember even if I take the pastor part and put that aside, your friend is still a Christian, so I'm still going give- to I'm still going to give you the same answer because mm as a christian i'm living according to biblical principles mm-hmm. and and so after after the spill of course she was like you know what you you are absolutely right i would have gave her the same answer so with that being said how i interpret in regards to my literature and everything the scripture that says that um study to show yourself approved unto god not being ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and the only way you can really rightly divide what the bible says it has to be number one god inspired you need the holy spirit which is which is a guide a a guider to you it is a counselor to you and then even sometimes you may have to ask god for interpretation simply praying the scripture says that If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give it to this man liberally. So sometimes it's just a matter of asking God, okay, God, I'm not understanding what this says. Can you give me, can you open up my eyes of understanding so I'm able to grasp what is being, what what you're trying to convey to me? And, um, And that's pretty much, and I believe for myself, as a young child, and my mom could tell you No one had to tell me what the Bible meant. I was able to understand it. And I believe that is a gift of revelation knowledge Mm -hmm. that some people have it. Some people don't, but I had it at a a early age where my mom didn't have to explain to me. Okay. This is what this means. I I knew it. So I know that it was a gift. It was a gift from God. Now keep in mind. I am a fourth generation preacher. So I have preachers. I mean, this is how I tell people I was practically near born at the altar. (laughs) So it's, 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 it's been, it's, it's been instilled in me. It's been engrafted in me.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's special. Um, because there is so much to gain from the Bible, uh, yes. but it can be cryptic uh, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Uh, and, and William, yeah. let me
1: make this, dis- and let me make this disclaimer. I don't understand everything that's in there yeah. that, w- you, you know, and some things God, he the scripture even says he leaves things to a mystery. Because mm. the truth of the matter is, I don't care. You could be the Pope or the Pope. There's always something in your life that you can work on. There's always something yeah. that you can learn. When you, start, when you stop learning, you stop living. Mm. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says, he said, we are ever coming into, we are ever learning and coming into the knowledge of the truth. So we, sh- we should always have a teachable spirit to be able to learn. And if you get to that point where you can't learn from someone, then you're, you're, in, a, you're in a bad place and you're, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I, I like how you said um, you, you do your own part, you study, and mm-hmm. then you uh, pray to have God's guidance to understand yes. what he needs you to do, needs you to know, needs mm-hmm. you to be. Um, but I imagine it can be frustrating when... Um, your path isn't very clear and you Mm -hmm. said nobody's perfect but we are still supposed to try to figure out what our path is. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you do in times when things are just fuzzy and you're trying to figure out what is the next step because you don't want stagnation, right? You want to keep learning as you said, keep progressing. Um, Do you ever have those, those blockades where you just need to Wait, or you need someone else to finish some process uh, before you can progress? Like, do you have control over your own path, or does it ever get difficult like that?
1: Oh, most definitely. Um, I can tell you before I was where I am now. I had a dry season and I begin to question God, like, okay, God, am I done? What's going on? No one's calling me for anything, you know? And so it's in those moments when you don't know what to do, you stand still until you're, until God's will is clear for you or the path is clear to you what you need to do. At the same time, I will say, um, I preached a message about a month ago hidden, but not abandoned. And a lot of times we think being hidden is a bad thing. And it's not. Sometimes God hides you because he's protecting you. Or sometimes you are in hiding because he's creating a platform for you to do his bidding on. And so with that being said, there's also a scripture that says man plans his own heart man makes his own plans but god's counsel or his will that is what's going to stand so the thing is i want god's will and not my own because sometimes my will may be jacked up and sometimes it's just like society you know in society tv uh you have some people that are famous even some things our parents instilled in us We try to strive for those things because that's what we saw. That's what we've been taught. And everything that we see or we've been taught may not have been necessarily the right thing. Mm -hmm. And and so we have to then at that point ask God, okay, God, clear my mindset. Because if this is not for me and I'm desiring that thing, then I need you to take that desire from me. So I'm no longer chasing after something that I'm wasting my time on
0: yeah when when it gets um difficult to know what the next step is, um, I think the sometimes the best you can do is just keep doing what has been right for you in the past, even if you're not getting that direction that that spiritual feedback mm-hmm. and just wait for that that dryness to to end like like you called it. So um, tell tell people what this new book of yours is on.
1: The latest book or the new book that the, I'm getting ready to
0: so, write. So I saw your your latest book is called Let It Go for Your yes. Sake. Uh, yes. But but is the the new one you're writing uh, in a similar vein? It it's in a
1: similar vein to say that it is a self help book, but okay. not this. It's not the same category. <laughs> All
0: right.
1: The, uh, the the book that I'm working on right now is entitled Homosexuality is in Heterosexuals Relax. And it is a book to educate the church on how to love the homosexual and also those who may want to come out of the those homosexuals that may want to come out of the lifestyle, giving them the process that they need to come out of the lifestyle.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Um, can you give us some some hints what we can do in general to be more accepting, more loving of them?
1: Num- uh one, don't be prejudgmental. Yeah. And again, again, we just really need to get to take the time to really meet people. Their sexual orientation doesn't make them hard. And so really need to build relationships in order to win trust. And that will open up the door for dialogue to happen.
0: Yeah. This goes back to what you said earlier about listening and being humble. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't have the experience that someone else has, then it, it's uh, easy. You're quick to, to judge Um mm-hmm and just assume that uh, something is wrong with them, or I don't know, uh, all the different types of judgments people might have. Um, But yeah, I I don't have a lot of gay friends, uh, but the ones I do have, it's not like that's the only thing I want to talk about, (laughs) to Mm -hmm. to learn from them. But when the topic Mm -hmm. of homosexuality does come up, I want to learn, because I'm Mm -hmm. curious, And I want to get rid of those biases that I just naturally have. Mm -hmm. So yeah, learning is is key. Um, And um, to come back to your um, last published book, um, about forgiveness, now Mm -hmm. I I see some some connection here, right? Uh, And that is uh, putting yourself in someone else's shoes, or at least trying to accept and allow their perspective. What are some some keys for us how we can uh, forgive others when they have hurt us, uh, maybe even inadvertently? And what do we need to change about ourselves to be more open in that way?
1: Well, the first question I always propose is this. If you were the offender and you did X, Y, and Z, would you want someone to forgive you? Mm-hmm. And most of the time the response is yes. So we have to practice empathy. If the shoe was on the other foot, and you had did, did the offense, would you want someone to forgive you? And so my definition for forgiveness is extending grace to others, extending grace to others.
0: Yeah yeah that rule about putting yourself in someone else's shoes is is a big one that that can help you in in so many ways yes um, sometimes we've we realized just how how stuck we are in our mm-hmm. uh presumptions and so just even through regular contact with people um uh it it can help you stay aware of that mm-hmm. um and that we're all unique we're all different um and if people change, it's only because of their own volition, isn't it? Um, yes. So if, if I want to improve myself uh, to be more open towards others, what, what can I do?
1: Basically, again, looking inward. Mm-hmm. We like to point out what's wrong in other people instead mm-hmm. of looking, as Michael says, at the man in the mirror. You know, his song says, he said, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to ways instead of about what this person has did wrong. We need to look inwardly to see what could I have done to make, make the situation better. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's not always because sometimes it's not always one person's fault. You may have had a part in it too.
0: Okay. Um, let me ask you uh, what you think about this, this rule I, I try to live by. Um, a good person is someone who lives by their values and always strives to improve their values. So, we all have different value systems, like, uh, we got them from our parents, from our society, uh, from our church, if we, were, if we grew up in a church. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not even aware of all the sources that that have influenced us to um, give us these values, uh, how we make decisions, how we treat ourselves and other people. And we should never assume that the process is finished of uh, mm-hmm. of getting those values right. Mm-hmm. So uh, d- does that go along with what you're saying?
1: I would say to a certain extent, but we have to be care careful. And it's something you already have said when you say values, because people could have high (laughs) people could have high values and people can have low values. So it 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 depends on on the situation. But what I will say is this that it is in every human being, most people know right from wrong. Mm -hmm. Even children, think about children. When they're especially like when they're around age one or two, especially now in this day they can do something they they innately innately know that it's wrong but they're looking at you to see what you're going to how you're going to respond like are you going to let me get away with this Mm -hmm. you know type of thing knowing that what they're getting ready to do is not the right thing or the other example i like to use is a child whose hand is caught in the cookie jar and The parents come in and say, you know, you been in them cookies? No. (laughs) Cookie crumbs all around their mouth, but saying no. No one has taught them how to lie. Mm -hmm. But because of fear, right, the fear Mm -hmm. and different things that they may be processing on the inside, they inadvertently lie not knowing that they're lying. And I'm talking about the younger, real young children that really don't, they don't know the concept almost. And and so um, when you get a, when when you definitely do get to a certain age, and now it's to me, I believe it's more younger than when we were growing up because it's so much knowledge and so much information and different things uh, um, available that those things that we know at that point, those are the things that we continue to improve on because a lot of times people can do what what seems to be right from the outside looking in and look like this person is doing all the right things. Right. But then the inside could be messed up. Their motives could be wrong. They are doing the right thing, but the motive is wrong. They got hidden agendas and all that kind of different things. Mm. So at that point, once you know, right from wrong, then at that point, this is where you, number one, you want to continue to do the right thing. You can never go wrong doing the right thing, continue on doing that and then continuing to elevate because a lot of times people can't accept themselves because they know what they, they're doing. Mm. People on the outside may not know really who you are, but you know who you are. I always give this definition. Reputation is what people say about you. Your character is who you really mm. are. So people could be saying all of this stuff, but you yourself really know who you are. And that's the part that really matters. Matter of fact, uh, they say, what integrity is doing the right thing when no one is looking mm-hmm. when you could have stole five hundred dollars right, and nobody would have missed it, you hold your integrity by not touching the money. That's where it really counts. that's where it really counts,
0: yeah, yeah, so we need to um do our best to be aware of yes. any uh inner conflicts that we might have that way, because, like that child that got caught. <laughs> um, we uh, we do the same, we get caught with mistakes we make and, and we're aware of it at some level, but mm-hmm. I guess the older we get, the better we get at lying to others and to ourselves. Um, can we do something to, to counteract that process and stay as much like a child as possible?
1: I think it's a matter of really thinking about what you do before you do it.
0: Mm-hmm
1: because you, you you know um you know you watch tv you watch the news and sometimes you wonder like 56 and i'm i'm saying this all in humor but i'm sure it probably has happened where they're 50 or 60 years old and they decide to go rob a bank hmm. well doing that now pretty much you're probably going to be in prison for the rest of your life off of the off of the decision that you made that you really didn't really think out that thought process all the way through or it could have just been a thing where you were in desperation and and we don't know what desperate how desperation can drive people to do certain things but at that if it was desperation at that point then i would have to question where was your circle where was the people that you could have probably went to to get some kind of help on or maybe you had the people but because of pride you didn't want to go to them so you got Mm -hmm. it's so many different variables when it comes Mm -hmm. to that but definitely you definitely want to think before you do anything really think that process out like if i there's always a cause and effect everything right Mm -hmm. if i do this what is the effect of that going to be if i get caught and then at and, and 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 then at the end of the day here it is again we're talking about Black and white, right? Right and wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just don't do it. Don't take the chance on getting caught, you know, mm-hmm. if you, because to me, the more you do the right thing, the easier it is to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, that's true. So. Wow, thank you. Yeah. um, You have an ebook on your homepage that talks about uh, apologizing. Uh, yes. And I think this is also closely related to the topic of forgiveness. Um, yes. Why can it be difficult for adults to, or or children as well, to apologize? And what what is that blockade in our mind that, that makes it difficult for us?
1: One is entitlement. Mm-hmm. I'm entitled to feel how I feel. I'm stuck with the way I feel. And that's what makes it hard to apologize. That entitlement that you wronged me and i have a right to not apologize to you but mm-hmm. a lot of that is pride too
0: mm-hmm. yeah so i i see a motive here that that you need to become more aware of your behavior um, what's going on on the inside what's causing that behavior and you need to be uh prepared to make changes <laughs> because everyone needs to make changes uh that, that yes. process of self-improvement is never finished. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad um, I could ask you these questions because I'm always trying to get uh, other perspectives, deeper perspectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've thought about this a lot and, and I've learned a lot. So uh, thank you for that. Are well, there thank any... you for having me. <laughs> yeah, are there any final things you wanted, you wanted to mention about these, these concepts or your books?
1: Well, um, the only thing, the thought that I would I would leave to your audience is really a um, for encouragement. And that is, your life is what you make it to be with guidance. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sit back and be envious of anyone. You can have the same things that they have, but the question is, are you willing to do what they have done to get there? Mm-hmm a lot of times we can be moved and we can be inspired by people because what we see them doing it it seems like they're doing it effortlessly Mm -hmm. it seems like you know they're 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 expert at doing it and all the time just because you see them doing it so well you think you can do it too and so, this goes back to our conversation earlier when I was saying about really embracing uniqueness and finding your own path, creating your own life, not having, not you pairing yourself after anything else or anyone else, but really creating your own unique journey and really enjoying that moment. So, I said all of that to say whatever your journey is, whatever your giftings are, perfect those giftings so that when the opportunity presents itself, all you have to do is walk through the doors. You don't have to be like, wait, can you give me a week or two? Cause you're already ready. Mm -hmm. So so what I I want to convey to you all is just to stay in a state of preparedness because this is a great season for everybody.
0: That was my interview with Reverend Alicia Pitts from New Jersey. I was greatly honored to have the chance to interview her. If you have any further recommendations for us here at Who Am I Podcast, please let us know via Twitter or Facebook and be sure to visit our website at whoamipodcast.com. Until then, bye.